Welcome to Naomi's Table, a Bible study podcast for women. I'm your host, Amy Spreeman. Check out all the Bible studies at Naomi'sTable.com. Now here's teacher Beth Seifert with today's lesson in 2 Corinthians. So pull up a chair, open your Bibles, and let's begin. Welcome back to our study in the book of 2 Corinthians, ladies. Today we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. And I've titled this lesson, Day 5, Our Glory is Not Our Own. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts, to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all, because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since we have such hope, we are very bold not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed." Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Well, Paul starts out dealing with an issue that has arisen here, and he dealt with this back in 1 Corinthians as well. There, the emphasis was more toward the eloquence of the speaker and the size of his following, but again, Paul is defending himself and his ministry by pointing out what should validate the ministry of any minister. The basis of a valid ministry is the faithful ministry of the new covenant, trusting in God in the midst of troubles and speaking the message of reconciliation with God and man and between men. 
Having said that, Paul shouldn't need to be re-recommended to these people. They should know who he is. The letters of commendation would have been used as letters of introduction. That's what he's referring to. In the days without the ability to do background checks or look on social media and see what kind of people were showing up at your door, you might carry with you a letter that was written by someone who was known by you to let you know that you could trust this person. Paul is being a bit ironic here as these people have accepted letters of recommendation from untrustworthy people, people who are altering the message of the gospel given to them, who are preaching for their own gain while they are rejecting Paul and the true gospel that he brought. Even though these people actually do know Paul for real. In fact, the truthfulness of his message is evident in the changed lives in Corinth. Their very lives bear witness to the truth that Paul has proclaimed to them. Yet it is Paul they reject, and these counterfeits with impressive, but possibly misleading, letters of commendation are being accepted. The very confidence that these people have in God through the work of Christ comes to them directly as a result of Paul's preaching. Paul doesn't claim that anything comes through himself alone, but it is undeniable and would be totally disingenuous to deny it that God has equipped Paul sufficiently for the task he gave to Paul. Paul was a minister of the new covenant of life and life eternal through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, and Paul was fulfilling that mission through God's power to share the message that brings eternal life and changes the hearts and lives of those who follow him. And the Corinthian church was founded on that powerful message. Paul then contrasts the old covenant law with the new covenant. The old covenant was written in stone, the Ten Commandments, and it brought with it the amazing glory of God. Through the Ten Commandments, we see what God loves and what God hates. We see what God's economy truly is. We see his moral law written out so that we might know what pleases him and might be careful to obey. The glory of God was very much a part of the Ten Commandments, both literally and figuratively. I mean, Moses had to basically stick a bag on his head after he came down off of the mountain because he was glowing from being in close contact with the glory of God. That was a real event. It kind of makes me wonder if he had to sleep with that thing on his head too. Maybe he was like a nightlight glowing in the dark. But anyway, Moses's glory, however, eventually faded. It wasn't originating from him. It was borrowed glory, so that radiance faded. And it came from the covenant that was not destined to bring about the reconciliation of God and men. That covenant would be expanded and replaced with the new covenant. If that ministry, which was never intended to be the final and sufficient one, would bring such literal and figurative glory, how much more will the enduring covenant ministry of the Spirit that Paul is a minister of? Think of that glory. We see in Galatians 3.24 that the law was given as a schoolmaster. It was a list not of ways to be perfect, but a list of things that we might recognize the character of God and that we might also see our need for help to obey that law. The law clearly is not something we could ever keep on your own. If you think you've made it through 1 through 9, you get to number 10, do not covet, and you know you can't do it. And we know that if you fail to keep the law at any one point, 
you failed to keep it at all. So the law shows us the standard, but also shows us we fail to keep that standard on our own. It's a ministry of condemnation as we see that we can't keep the standard that was set. And yet, that ministry was still glorious. How much more then when the ministry given is one of righteousness, the imputed righteousness of Christ being worked out in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, how much more will that ministry be glorious? The glory of the law came to an end with Christ. The law is still there, though, and it is still the standard we should recognize. But that ministry did come to an end because it didn't have any inherent glory in itself. Just like Moses' face faded and he could take the bag off his head, so too did the glory of the law fade in the surpassing glory of Christ. Now hear me clearly, we are still to obey the moral law. But now that moral law is written on our very hearts. It's not outside of us anymore. It is within us. Ezekiel 36 tells us that God will write his law on our hearts and we will love his law and we will love to obey it. And he will enable us to obey it. Whoa! The new covenant is the new legal standard set by God and it's real. But it does not contradict the old covenant moral law. It expands it, and it also enables us to keep it. The glory of this covenant far surpasses the glory of the former, but it does not negate the glory that the former did have, and it doesn't negate the former covenant. But Christ fulfilled it perfectly, which we could never do. As Paul talks about the Jews here, it makes me sad. The Jews are still being blinded, and it is God's will that they should be blinded, but they are still missing the permanent glory that they could have. They continue to long for what was past, for what has faded. They continue to try to regain the old glory, and they're missing the greater glory of the salvation brought through Christ. But not so for us. And, since we have hope of the enduring and permanent glory, we are very bold, as Paul is. Moses literally veiled the glory he got, but the Israelites hardened their hearts and minds. To this day, their minds are sadly still covered, because it is only through Christ that the veil is lifted. And when God lifts that veil, they will turn to the Lord and see the Savior for who he is. We, with unveiled face spiritually, behold the glory of God and are being transformed into the same image, that of his Son. That's a hard one for me to wrap my mind around, but it's true. We won't get there in this life, but this life is all about our sanctification and pressing on toward the goal with the power of the Spirit for the glory of God. Ladies, we can see the glory of God, not the bright, shiny glory like Moses saw, but the truths of who our Savior is, what the plan of redemption was from all eternity, and who our amazing God is. And we can see it with unveiled face as we are transferred into his glory. And watch your toes here, ladies. Moses couldn't actually hide the fact that he'd seen the glory of God. He could veil his face, but it was still evident that, well, something was going on with him. The veil helped, but the glory was still there. Ladies, we who are participants of the greater, enduring glory, we too should not be able to hide his glory. It should spread.
and we should spread it boldly and without fear, regardless of the result in those who hear. We should not be like Paul's opponents, who were only firm in their desire to further their own selfish pursuits, but not firm in the truths of the gospel. As we are sanctified throughout our lives, we bear witness to this enduring glory, and we should be doing everything we can to point each other back to God, and pointing unbelievers to the source of the glory that we have. It doesn't come from us, ladies. We are not the originating source. But we do reflect that amazing glory, and we should not be ashamed of that. Think about what a different and better covenant we live under. The Old Testament saints saw God active in their lives, but not in the same way that we have. We have the very Spirit of God living in us, correcting us, rebuking us, and drawing us back to Him as He continues to sanctify us. The Old Testament law condemned sinners without giving life. You couldn't actually gain life by obeying the Old Testament law because you couldn't keep it perfectly. Sin takes advantage of that, by the way. Sin uses the law as a weapon to inflict death by stirring up sinful hearts to transgress the law's good commands. Paul also contrasts righteousness that is imparted to us at our justification, an alien righteousness that comes from Christ's perfect obedience, with condemnation that the law of Moses pronounced on those who violated it. You, ladies, will never be more justified, declared righteous, any day in the future than you were on the day when Christ saved you. You will continue to grow in sanctification and holiness, but your justification is a one-time deal. And when you are converted and receive that justification, that veil is removed from your eyes and you see with eyes given to you by the Spirit of God. That's what the world outside of Christ is missing, ladies. They don't see because they can't see without crying out to the God who enables them to see. Many who claim Christ even try to see by their own means and efforts. They may live outwardly moral lives, but if they don't see the need to call out to God to save them from their own sin, to call out to God to open their eyes and give them eyes to see and ears to hear, if they really think that they can see and hear those things without the aid of Christ, they're fooling themselves. There's no room for boasting in your own abilities at all, ladies. It is only through the power of the Spirit that we can see and understand and that we can stand and live lives that honor and glorify God. So ladies, where are you at today? Do you see the greater glory that we have access to through the Spirit? Or do you just want a list of rules to obey and cross off? If that's all you want, ladies, you may be living a life as a slave to the law still. Ladies, throw off those chains. We are slaves to Christ who gives us not only the ability but the desire to obey his commands. We are not slaves to our sin and we are not slaves to the law any longer. Christ has fulfilled that for us and has given us the credit to our own accounts as if we had fulfilled the law. He took on your sin at the cross while he gave you his righteousness. You are declared righteous before God. Your justification is fixed. Are you living as though you still had to earn your justification? Are you living as though you still have to prove your worth to God? We need to remember that we have to stop trying to do things on our own power, but to rely on the Spirit to help us in our weakness. God is not impressed by all the things you do, ladies. If you are truly His, He has given you His Spirit to love Him, to love His law, and to keep His commandments with joy, not being burdened by them. Ask yourself today, ladies, is honoring and glorifying God 
a duty that you have to fulfill? Or is it a source of delight and joy for you to obey him? If you obey out of duty or out of guilt, cry out to God today. Ask him to help you to love his words, to love his commandments, to love him, and to desire to serve him every day. He is the only one who can change your heart, ladies. So ask him to do that work in you today. Ladies, you'll find the notes for this study under the Bible Studies tab of the website naomistable.com, day 5. Our glory is not our own.